From the Swoop, it's Take the Plunge, a podcast about how business owners decided to stop what they were doing and took a plunge to start their own businesses. We take a look at how they came to that decision and what those first crucial steps were in getting their business up and running. My name is Kieran, and I'll be your host for this episode. Here's what you can expect on today's episode. The cucumber one's really interesting because some people, and I'm obviously really biased for this, but some people love it, but then some people hate it so much. <laughs> delighted to be joined by Johnny Barnes, founder of the Soho Juice Company. Soho Juice Company is the UK's coolest soft drink and mixer range, which is multi-award winning, preservative-free, vegan certified and low calorie, all whilst being full of flavour and free of fizz. You're very, very welcome. Johnny, how are you doing today? Uh, Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm really good, the sun's shining and uh, thank you very much for having me on. Perfect day for uh, Soho Juice, (laughs) you might say. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can definitely testify. Actually, uh, I went on Amazon about a week ago because when we were kind of doing a bit of research and ordered uh, some of the delightful lemon lime, mint, and cucumber, uh, got them back to the gaff. Very excited to try them. Got them on the fridge, cooling nicely. Had about one, absolutely delicious. Went away for a, the night, came back, none left. <laughs> so I need to, I, Need to, need to restart, but they're absolutely delicious. <laughs> oh, no, thank you very much. It's um, the cucumber one's really interesting because some people, and I'm obviously really biased for this, but some people love it, but then some people hate it so much. <laughs> well, up the, our house and street, I didn't, I, did, I only got to manage to sample one of them, so you, you're big fans in our in our home, anyway. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's funny, it's just um, it's so polarizing, and um, I think that if you don't like cucumber. It's going to be one of the worst drinks that you've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but if you like cucumber, and we're really lucky, um, that one won a great taste award and a couple others. And so if you like it, people seem to really, really like it. But then if you don't like cucumber, then oof, I'd... uh, Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Thankfully, a few more ranges to to woo them over with. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so great, Johnny. I suppose just wanted to take you back to the very beginning and kind of understand what you were doing before deciding to set up your own business and kind of why you decided to stop doing that before taking the plunge, so to speak. Yeah, no, of course. So um, I actually had a lip care startup company before this. And oh, yeah? Yeah, it was for skiers and snowboarders who wanted petroleum-free lip care when they were um, skiing or snowboarding or surfing as well. And so I was doing that, and to be honest, and that was in Soho, and um, it wasn't really working and maybe there was a way to make it work, but it would have been essentially to do bespoke lip care for corporate clients in a call center setting. And it could have worked like that, but it wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. And so yeah. um, and so I was already in startup kind of world and, and I'd done a smaller bits and bobs before that too. But um, I was working in Soho and I just really wanted to start a drinks company. And, and uh, it was one Christmas actually, and I was thinking of some names and some of them were Appalling, just uh, absolutely. What was the worst one? Oh, the worst one. Oh, God, there's so many of them. But um, (laughs) I think for one, maybe um, Leroy Fitzpatrick's Wheatgrass and Lemon Juice Company is... Way, that just rolls right off the tongue. (laughs) So memorable, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing for any advertising campaign. Amazing hashtag as well. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, and it was like, oh God, no, mate, this is appalling. <laughs> and, um, and then um, once I was just kept on thinking of terrible names, terrible, terrible names. And then um, one Christmas, I was just um, at my mum and dad's house, and I said to my mum, oh, well, I work in Soho, kind of want to start a juice go. Soho juice, cause that, that works, right? That, that's <laughs> <really cool. laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, it was just because I was working in Soho at the time. Uh, so then the first thought was, well, that, that has to be taken. And so I had a look on company's house and it wasn't. And so I was like, all right, well, Lovely. yeah, let's just register it. And then at least we've done that bit. And God knows where we're going with this. But it was that was the first step for it after that was to just get it registered as soon as we could. It's always a nervy moment when you're like, oh, feck, I've got a really good name here. And you're like typing in, you're like, please, 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 no, no one has this, please. <laughs> no, completely. I've, I've lost, lost a few good ones then to the years. <laughs> yeah, completely. And uh, I mean, we could have, you know, pretty confident that no one was going to go with Leroy Fitzpatrick's wheatgrass, but with that, it was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Safe as houses, Johnny, safe as houses. <laughs> exactly. But with this one, it was, uh, oh, right. Um, so, yeah, so that was actually the very first tentative step of it. And then I suppose, how, how do you go from, I suppose, producing lipware that doesn't have petroleum in it to producing juice? How does one go from that to that? Uh, yeah, well, it's a good question. And so um, I was really lucky that I knew some people who might kind of um, take a chance on a startup project of mine. So I was um, amazingly fortunate in that situation. But then it was just, uh, we knew absolutely nothing. Um, so originally it was, so I, kn I knew two people I knew, um, I had a friend called Steve and a friend called John. And um, we actually, and so I was kind of speaking to them and look, kind of got this weird idea and no idea what the drinks are going to be, no idea what anything's going to be for this, but like, do you fancy kind of let's just see what happens with stuff? So then um, Steve at the time, he was working for Trail Finders and he was um, living in a, a ramshackle flat in a warehouse somewhere near Tottenham. And so um, we, to start with, the very first steps was um, we went to the the local Sainsbury's and he had a mate's blender and we'd literally just like make up different drinks and see if any of them were drinkable or not. <laughs> and so it was literally, it was such a low bar. They just had to be drinkable. And then I don't know how he did this, but <laughs> one of them was actually cucumber, mint, lemon and lime. And we actually tasted it and we were just like, this actually tastes good. Yeah, just get the mango away, get the pomegranate away. This actually tastes good. And uh, we still had no idea what to do next yeah. with anything, but... I had another friend called John. John um, was in a, a band called The Basement and he was at the time just working in sales and he didn't really like what he was doing. It was for, um, for leasing cars for companies. And um, so then John kind of got on board too and um, there was a, a girl who um, had really helped me with my lip care branding. And so we had like the initial branding. And then to start with, um, at the very, very early days, we went to Borough Market. We'd bottled the drinks, but we, put, we got the bottles from China don't know why. Yeah. And um, then, so we'd bottle the drinks, we'd try and sell them at the markets. And originally it was just that cucumber, mint, lemon and lime one. And so that's how it all kind of started. But then I think like quite a lot of good ideas, really, um, life gets in the way, people get busy and stuff happens. Yeah. So it was a, probably about a year later, to be honest, but like the lip care by that point was well and truly winding up. And um, John was in town just for a chance wedding. We have quite a lot of mutual friends and uh, where I was living in Dalston at the time was uh, nearest to where the wedding was. So John was just staying at mine and then the day after the wedding, um, we were just having some Bloody Marys and uh, he was just complaining about his job. I was saying, well, look, I think, but to be honest, the 
the great lip care run is over. Um, <laughs> uh, if it ever begun, I think, let's be honest here, if it ever begun, then it's over now. And so at that point, then we just went, well, let's actually, let's really start to do this properly. And well, let's at least mm. see what we can do with it. At that point, we were self-funded, but I was lucky enough to know people to give us a, a small bit of cash to see if we could prove yeah. the concept or not. But we just, we literally knew nothing about how anything worked. And so John was at a bar one night and um, someone said to him, and he's normally based in Liverpool, he was in London, but he was based in Liverpool. And someone said to him, well, um, have you heard of what they're doing at Chester University? And he was like, oh, no, I don't, of course I'm not an academic. That's <laughs> <laughs> what they're doing at Chester, Chester University. And then um, they had this amazing thing. It was this EU-funded, essentially a soft drinks and food incubator, where if you had an idea, then they'd give you free use of their facilities and free use of and their expertise. And you could actually try and make... No yeah, it was unbelievable. And um, this guy just said to John, well, you should, you, you and Johnny should go and uh, go down and see what it was like. And so it was funny. They showed us round and it just, to me, like, like breaking babbles on at the time, just looked like something from out. <laughs> 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 very similar, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it was just these big, like, um, metallic machines and neither of us really knew what they did or anything. We were like, oh, this looks pretty good. Yeah, so how do you get started on that if you don't come from like a scientific background? You go into a mad lab and you're just like, away you go, lads. Well, is, that, is that how it goes? Or like, well, is there uh, anyone there to guide you? <laughs> yeah, well, they were there to guide us, but it was really funny too because they showed us around and we were like, oh, yeah, well, looks impressive anyway. And then uh, they took us to another room and they said, so um, what do you do at Chester University? And I was like, oh, well... To be honest, um, it seems like a lovely place, but this is the first time I've actually been in Chester. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so and, very uh, diplomatic of you. But yeah, and uh, yeah, but um, it's a lovely place, lovely part of the world. And then um, they said to John, <laughs> well, so, so what about you? What do you do at Chester? And John's like, well, um, <laughs> and I kid you not, he 100% said this, and he said it with a straight face, and he was deadly serious. He was like, well, my girlfriend's grand lives in Chester. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and so um, at that point, we left thinking, right, well, uh, we're never going to be uh, seeing from them again. Um, that's just, yeah, right, well, um, great, great tip-off, but we're never going to be speaking to them. And then about five days later, I got a letter through saying, uh, delighted to announce that you're... Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because I guess from their side, they needed, um, they needed companies to go on the scheme. And yeah, and um, we were just shocked. And so there was a guy called Tobias who was there, and so... We did our first run and um, Danny, uh, he really helped with operations for the lip care, kind of roped him mm. in a bit by this point as well. And so we did our first run and so we, we got these kind of Grosch style bottles at the time that you had to... And flick, so, the, flick the top. Oh yeah, and they fucking hurt when you do a few of them. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> and, they and, do. Yeah, and so you'd have to like squeeze them and then Danny and I would be putting them on and then this guy Tobias was really, really helping us with stuff and um, who was actually like an expert from Chester. And so um, we get there and everyone's just so excited and because uh, June and I had kind of from about the January, this was in the October, been like, this had kind of been our main focus for stuff and Danny had come on a bit later in the year and so everyone's so excited. John would go to Liverpool Fruit and Veg Markets at about five o'clock in the morning to negotiate prices, but uh, the useless fact of the day is... Um, just how um, volatile the cucumber market was. <laughs> 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 uh, I kid you not, you'd have about 30 to 40% swings by the day. It was insane. And You're uh, joking. No, because it, it was completely dependent on supply and demand from the bigger ones and also the weather and the farmers and just... 
That is mad. And would you source from a farm or would you be going out to like big what kind of Costco style warehouses to get them? Uh, it was from like the big uh, wholesale fruit and veg markets. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so everyone was so excited and this was our first time of doing this. So then uh, with Tobias's help, we put all of the, like, the mint which we got and uh, we put the Israeli mint into stuff. We put the um, cucumbers into big blenders. It turns out that if you put one kind of cucumber in a blender, it's this amazing green. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. If you put hundreds of cucumbers in a blender, <laughs> it's this gone-off brown colour. <laughs> not great. Not great for selling. No, it, it was a disaster, to be honest with you. We, we had a, a big wrap, like a green wrap, over drinks, but we only had that because of potential sediment at the bottom. And it's just funny because that's now one of the core like, tenants of our design and just that kind of big, like striking, single-colour brand block yeah. colours. Everyone was so excited. And uh, then you get this drink, but everyone's still quite positive and we're bottling it up. And uh, then we actually, our, our storage at the time was a safe store in Liverpool. And then, so we take it all back there and kind of Christmas happened and... I went up to see John in January and he was just like, we can't sell this. It's just, it's just brown. It was 100% right. It's just like, well, we, we, we can't sell this. And it was funny. Um, the kindest thing that someone said to us was it maybe looked healthy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then I had to go back to the people who kind of started to invest in us and just go, well, look, um, we still think this will work, but it's just not going to work at all like this. We also had at the time this slightly crazed mixologist man who was a, a wild lunatic. He'd helped us again with um, just the proportions to begin with. Um, mm. So he did some weird stuff like um, there was a shoe company, uh, quite a well-known one, and they asked him to devise the cocktails for it. And so uh, he came back to them and just went, well, have you consider putting fish heads in every cocktail? <laughs> 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 right, a real maverick. Yeah, and, and they were just like, well, no, of course we're not doing that. And so he ended up doing something which resembled laces and dipped in alcohol. When you lit the laces in the drink of it, burned down and actually become a pretty good drink. And so and they were like, this is much more what we were But anyway, but he was on board at the time and just kind of helping us on a bit of a ad hoc basis and he just went well why aren't we just doing like cucumber flavorings and John and I were like why didn't you say that when we... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a real breakthrough moment and so with the help of Chester University we got these kind of cucumber natural flavorings and then you could actually start to make the drinks properly that way and so nice. we were still doing it by hand John initially would just start by going from bar to bar in Liverpool to sell them but we made those drinks eventually and we put on those Danny and I just be stuck in sitting on the cement floor of a safe store, just listening to podcasts, just putting on all the swing tops and stuff. And what our, our investors had always said was, well, see if you can sell 3,000 that you, we've taken a hit with the fact that you essentially were selling gunk. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how was that process going back cap in hand again? Was it okay in terms of you had a good story or, or a daunting experience? Daunting, but also to be fair, they were really... Um, I think in my head, I thought that it'd be much worse than it was. I think that from their side as well, this is really early on. Like none of you have said that you're drink specialists and we certainly weren't. Um, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the idea is still good. Like you guys clearly believe in this still. And mm -hmm. um, okay, we, we've lost the cost of a few hundred cucumbers, which is obviously not great. But again, this, at least if you're going to make mistakes, then just don't make the same mistakes twice. They were more than reasonable, to be honest with you. So then um, John managed to sell the first uh, 3,000 of them. Nice. How did that feel? 
It was great, actually. But it was a slightly double-edged because we knew that we couldn't keep going to Chester every other week. <laughs> and, and I think by that time, too, like, they were amazing to us. But I think by that time, too, they were just a bit like... Oh, that's like you know you meant to kind of <laughs> you graduated <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and then we wanted to do um contract manufacturing but you kind of need to use um uh, there's there's a few different specialist companies where you'll go to them with an idea and they will then turn so like cucumber mint lemon and lime and then they will turn your idea into a recipe which is scalable which one of the contract manufacturers can actually mm. read on the recipe sheet and so we went to them and by that point too we also um wanted to do a second flavour to bring up with the first one, which was uh, blood orange, raspberry and ginger. And so we, we got help from them to actually develop those recipes. And then we started contract manufacturing doing that. And so our first contract manufacturing was in 200 ml bottles because originally the plan was to be a mixer because um, yeah. the, the gin boom was there. No one was doing still mixers. And, um, mm. and so that was the original plan. And also just... John could go from bar to bar and um, it was over time to be honest with you that the feedback was well this is great but this should really be a soft drink which and to steal a phrase from tech it can be reverse compatible as a mixer but yep. it would also be a soft drink which you could use as a mixer instead of just a mixer but that took us a little while to get to as well. Yeah because I imagine that's pretty hard because like if you're starting up a thing with a, a certain focus in mind uh, you tend to be pretty focused on achieving that goal we set out to be a mixing company like how was that in terms of like a process of switching the tax so to speak like how long did it take you before you're like actually no you're right this is a bloody delicious drink in its own right we're going for it so we, we did the, we did the bottle runs and we managed to set out of that, them and then we really liked the idea of the cans and so um we did 200 ml cans and it was at that point to be honest where we should have done the soft drink then, but these things always seem mm. like really good, but it always seems much better in retrospect and with hindsight. But quite early on with the cans, we knew that we wanted to be a soft drink just purely because with mixers, they can be fantastic. But if you want to kind of do it to scale, you probably need to be on a menu, to be honest with you. Just otherwise, mm. if you're a brand new company and no one's heard of you, then no one's really, no one's going to buy you. And then, so, and then you need to speak to the right bar staff and... Um, the bar world is one of those industries, obviously, where staff change quite a lot. And so mm. there might be someone who loves it and then someone else might come in to, and they obviously completely understandably want to put their own stamp on the operation. Mm -hmm. and so it was not, uh, not that we we're afraid of hard work, but it was, a, it was a serious amount of hard work to not get that far. Whereas the idea of, say, being a standalone soft drink, bam, this looks good, let's take it. Like the steps to purchase are just so much effective that way. And so we knew what we wanted to do, but then we had all of this 200 mil can stock and then obviously COVID came and it was like, and, and to get to do the 250 mils, we need to sell loads of can stock. And um, it was, and to be honest, if we didn't sell that can stock, then could have well been us done. Just, I think going, going back to investors with, um, that we messed up to begin with and uh, it turned out brown, but it was quite small. <laughs> And which was it's one of the best. It's so funny. And it's uh, yeah. quite small scale. Um, it, that's one thing. But going back to investors going, we've got tens of thousands of these cans. Um, they're not going to work. We really think 250 mils will work. Oh, that's a much harder yeah. sell. Yeah. And especially when you've got COVID, you've got global financial uncertainty. You've got investors wanting to keep cash fluid um, and all of that yeah. stuff. So, it was looking a bit like, oh, God, well, let's, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, and but, but we got so lucky because a certain homesteader just uh, somehow. Took the uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, and uh, so amazing. They, mm, How good? I'd say that was a good day. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I remember it actually because um, it was just. And it had been kind of simmering in the pipelines for a while, but then we needed a certain certificate in order for them to take us before COVID. But then um, the place where we had done our 200 mil cans didn't have that certificate. And then because of COVID, they couldn't get someone to verify that, that what they actually had that certificate. And then, uh-huh. so it was like, oh God, if we just missed this by like a month or two, they finally got that certificate. And then obviously... With COVID, people aren't really taking on bulk stock normally, and so mm. and um, and then it seemed like it was simmering, and then it seemed like it wouldn't happen, and then it seemed like it might, and then it seemed like it wouldn't, and then um, yeah, just got the call. Yeah, they've just taken everything. It was like oh, we're still alive, chaps. <laughs> <laughs> and then at that moment, were you kind of like, okay, great, we've got this now. Let's really double down on the the soft drink side. Yeah, one hundred percent. And so um, it was one I think where. At that point, because that was in like September last year, and it's either, well, do we do we really? Because with the lip care stuff, it was it was fading out. I was like, well, I don't really believe in this anymore. Like, and mm-hmm. we wanted to, we'd have to do a call centre, which again is, yeah, just not what kind of wanted to do. And I was lucky in the, to be in a position where I didn't have to do that. But with this, it was like, look, we know that this can work. We know we've got what we think's a good brand, which is we and which has kind of won a couple awards and stuff. And we know people like these drinks, but we also we need to just. And so it was either do you take the money at that point or do you just reinvest everything into the 250 mil soft drinks? And But with them, um, as always, there's a problem, which was that you have to commit to buying 150,000 yeah. cans of each one. And so it's like, right, well, and so that was when, um, as, it, as it says with the uh, podcast's uh, name, that's when we really took the plunge, like, let's go for this. Like, let yeah, me, yeah, yeah. We really back us. Our investors somehow have the patience of saints and they're still with us. Um, look, let's just... Amazing. Re- let's just really, really, really go for this. And um, we've been so lucky um, because, so they came out in October last year, the cans. And so since then, um, on the on-trade, we've got listings with Bid Food, um, Tuco, which is the University Caterers Association, which is linked to Bid Food and uh, OWC. And then from the off-trade side of things, uh, we've got listings with Sainsbury's and also um, well, 40 WH Smithson Airports across Europe, which goes live next month, I think, which is... Uh, and That's so, amazing. Mm. Okay, so which uh, which airports are you in in the UK? I need to have a look at. Yeah, so they're actually in Europe, but um, Dublin is one of them. Oh, they're all, they're all Dublin. All right, I know the one in Terminal yeah. Two. That's the one, indeed. And then it's uh, yeah. and then Schiphol Airport, which um, if someone because uh, I remember I went to Schiphol when I was like, well Amsterdam when I was about eighteen, and then yeah. if someone say if say when I was sitting at that airport, um, someone say twelve years in the future of me was saying that you and some mates are going to create a drink which is going to be sold in the WH Smiths here, I'd have at least put it in the it's top cool. surreal elements of that trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but, yeah, that, I mean, that uh, must must be awesome. But talk, I'm always fascinated about kind of when, when you're trying to land in like a WH Smith or a Sainsbury's, how is that experience in terms of selling into, into the buyers um, and, and getting the kind of the, the first yes to, to go into a, a sample set? Uh, what was that process like? No, of course. So um, with Sainsbury's, um, there's a competition and it's called the Future Brands Competition. And um, yep. so it kind of does what it says on the tin. And then um, the judges are from Sainsbury's, Pepsi, uh, Canter, uh, the research company, and a few others who are probably going to kill me for not knowing their names now. And so it was a bit about the products and a bit about 
where you want to go because we really felt that well less people are drinking fizzy drinks now people are moving away from single-use plastic we think that there's a gap in the market for that and um i mean you've got it so it's just quite interesting in um say the middle east you've got um carbonation taxes and um the general trends are i think that people are not necessarily fully always wanting a drink with seven of your five a day in but um healthier options to things and so um we did the pitch to them and uh we actually came and um, we were the top ranked um drinks company in the country who entered that award which nice. was nice yeah and um then we also um there's a sales agency and they were also speaking to um Sainsbury's at the same time and so it was a bit of a pincer movement with us on that side and the sales agency on the other so that's how we kind of got that one and um with wh smiths um that was more our sales agency who did that um so nice. i quite like having a really small and i think we're, we're all quite big believers in like a small team with quite a lot of responsibility and um then we also have a, the help of a sales agency who are our extended family really they're great even though one of them's italian and he's very happy about the football on the weekend but <laughs> The bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we won't hold that uh, one again. When, when you got the Sainsbury's listing, were you straight into the supermarket, making sure they looked all nice, buying a few of them, making sure the stock was ticking over? <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of weird because they tell you in the February, March time, but then you can't obviously just, you, you didn't really want to tell any friends or family, just you did it like a knob if you said you were in <laughs> <laughs> and then for some reason you weren't and uh, you just you just looked like such an idiot and uh and yeah. so I just had to wait for a little while and then they went live um in early june and so once we got the order in like started to tell people and then yeah it was really good fun actually so um we went to um we went to camden and uh, we had a few pints and then we went to the Sainsbury's there just a bit like yeah and um, <laughs> it, was, it, it was a it was a really nice day it was a it was a really nice moment it's um it was, oh, it was quite, yeah it was quite surreal just to think um it's, it's a long way from a bloody mary and it's also a really long way from the gunk juice at chester <laughs> <laughs> has to start somewhere has to start somewhere and uh on the on the other side of it from outside of kind of getting in enlisting in like Sainsbury's or in trade there's obviously the online element so when, when I bought I bought through Amazon and you've, you've a pretty nice store within Amazon itself and um, how have you found selling online and um, is it is it tough because Jesus like everyone sells online so there's a lot, lot of stuff to compete with or how, how have you found, found that side of the business? Mm, well um, we didn't go near Amazon for a little while because Number one, we knew that we wanted to be a soft drink and there was, didn't really want to do anything until we were at that point because you don't want to make it so messy that you start with something and then you'd have to untangle it all. And so um, we actually, again, I think with some stuff, like you need have the core people there, but with other stuff, then leave some stuff to experts. And um, for instance, none of us have experience with Amazon. None of us know how to sit on Amazon. So really, it's a more protracted process then I think we all thought that it would be and so um with that side we needed it to a company and they do stuff for like Edda's Kitchen, Liddy's Kitchen, Cafe Nero and so they're really nice and they're really good and so we kind of left that to them and we wanted to have it so that that was a bit of a blank slate for them as well mm. and um but they told me um a couple of fascinating stats and uh, one which stuck with me was that people are now searching more for products on Amazon than they are on Google. Wow that mm. is mind-blowing absolutely crazy isn't it and um they want to overtake and because uh, i was actually i was actually with the um amazon guys yesterday and uh they were saying about how um the amazon um uk 
they've kind of made it public that they actually want to overtake Tesco's in all grocery sales by middle of like 2025. It's uh, kind of Why? crazy. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really interesting now, just because obviously everyone in the pandemic was using Amazon or Sainsbury's online or Ricardo. And it's going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I guess now, and because no one really knows, do they? But it'll be really interesting to people stay with that. Cause it's, yeah. Or to people more go back to supermarkets is a bit more of a hybrid version. Yeah. And um, so from our side, um, we use Amazon was just the main way to do it for us just because even from a supply chain point of view, you get the stock, you give it to their depot, they then mm. send it out instead of say us having to take an order. It's, yeah. It's a us. nice little service they offer, isn't it? Yeah. It's really good. And even just with their um, analytical tools and uh, with the people who help us with their kind of software, which they use too. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating space and it's just really interesting where everything online goes as well. Cause obviously Ocado must've had, um, well, their profits boomed as well. And then Sainsbury's have online mm. and it was just, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So long kind of slight cheat answer is that we use experts to help us sell there and so it's not quite as arduous as it could be but yeah but i think that's really important that's just like good management and good thinking because um you're obviously growing quite a bit over the last couple of years and you have decisions where you can add to the team build hires or you can go i'm going to outsource different operations here to certain subject expertise be it the agency that helped you landed uh, WH Smith or the lads that know how to use Amazon. How have you kind of made those decisions in terms of, as you've, you've talked about loads of different people that have been key along the way, but how have you made the decision of who to bring into kind of the, the central hub, so to speak, and where to, to outsource? With export stuff, um, we, we, we've got a lot of help by the Department of International Trade and they've been really, really helpful with us. And so they've helped with introductions which have led to listings in um, the Middle East in supermarkets there and obviously they have a clout which um, me turning up who needs a haircut certainly doesn't have and um, so they're seriously useful for that side of things but what even then though it's I think it's more one where core of us we know our product we know what we want to do with it we know that we would like to think that it stands for um, being a bit we'd like and obviously everyone says this but we'd like to think it stands for kind of almost Soho's values of like um, creativity, innovation, let's be bold, let's do something slightly strange. And if everyone's doing carbonated, let's do none and let's back ourselves mm. and know that it might be divisive, but that's part of the fun of it. And so we, we kind of know that stuff, but at the same time, um, we know our limitations is, I guess, the best way of putting it. So none of us know how to say, set up a store on Amazon, whereas these people do, and loads of really great reputable brands use them or um, with our sales agency, we don't have, say, the um, 10 years worth of, well, I think combined, we've actually got a century's worth of experience. It's <laughs> kind of crazy. It's just like different buyers and different people and just yeah. those, those relationships which you build. And we've got our kind of internal ones, but it's knowing what your strengths and limitations are with things as well, I think. And um, mm. that you can't take all of it on and you shouldn't take all of it on. Nah. And, and so we know that we might, for instance, know what direction the brands we want to take it in, but... We also know, well, you need domain experts to really get you there as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and, and the other area you kind of, kind of flick back and forwards with is obviously the, the funding piece. And, and you're unfortunate, fortunate enough at the beginning to be able to get uh, investors. As, as you kind of project kind of future growth for uh, Soho Juice Co., are you looking to tap into the, the same kind of pool or is it going to be organic growth or what, what way are you looking at it from a, 
kind of funding the future version of Soho Juzco? No, of course. And so, well, I think start with the pool that we have and um, other people have kind of come into that pool. And then the idea of uh, crowdfunding has always mm. appealed as well. Um, but with that, um, obviously, it takes up so much of your time. Your time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so... Yeah, the, the, the campaign bit of it is, is, a, is a big ask. Mm, yeah, exactly. And so it's one where just even from a... Like, I quite like the idea of saying a lot of people having a little bit who are then mm. in it. But it's, and obviously, in, without being presumptuous on it, just I think that we've done, I think we've done well enough so far to at least have a, I think that we would have a compelling case for it, if nothing else. Um, but it is just the time aspect. And so, and also we have a really good relationship with our investors who've kind of been along with this journey with us. And we've yeah. tried more. And I think they would have liked it a lot more plain sailing than it's <laughs> Um, uh, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. Were <laughs> <laughs> those guys kind of utilizing things like the FCIS scheme or the EIS scheme as, as part of their investments? Exactly. Yeah. So it started with SEIS and then it moved to EIS after that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So at least at least they're getting cash back in their pocket uh, along the way. It's it's not all all doom doom gloom. <laughs> yeah exactly not all anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know but it, it just shows that it is such a fantastic scheme for kind of early stage businesses that have good ideas that just need to get that seed capital to to, to show the kind of early shoots so it's great to see it kind of in action and, and, and bearing fruit so to speak oh no it's an amazing scheme it's um because I, I don't think that we'd really have got off the ground without it, it must be countless others it's just such a good incentive for people to actually back startups yeah it's brilliant absolutely brilliant and then i suppose then just looking then for you guys you you're now getting into trades you're understanding the online piece you've got a couple of kind of flavors out in the market where where do you kind of go next in terms of where you want to take take soho juice go we, we want to get into some of the restaurant chains when they reopen a bit more and um yeah i think that is an alternative option and i think there's People, people have almost got slightly bored, I think, anyway, um, of just buying the same stuff during the last year and something a little bit different while they're allowed to hopefully go out again. And so we'd like to see a few restaurant chains and then maybe one or two more supermarkets in the UK. And then the other area which we're really interested in is actually the Middle East, just because, and this is much more by luck than anything else, but because there is that 50% carbonation tax. And so that means that a lot of our... Perfect opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And I think that with those kind of things, if you've got an opportunity like that there, which no one planned for, but if it's there, then it makes sense to kind of be quite as to really go mm. for kind of ones too, just because people obviously don't necessarily drink as well, drink alcohol unless it's in the hotels. You've got a carbonation tax. People are favorable on kind of um, British branding and British products. And um, you do have kind of growing classes. And so I think that that's another from an export point of view, that's where we'd really like to like to look mm. at too, just because it could be, yeah, I think, as you said, I think there's a really, there's a really interesting opportunity there. And um, it just seems like for those kind of things, when they are there, then you've got to really go for them. And then I suppose just finally from my, my side, like kind of looking back, aside from produce, knowing that cucumbers produce uh, brown juice, um, what has been kind of the highlight uh, so far over the last kind of couple of years? To be honest with you, I know this sounds slightly cliche, but it's just 
when I when I was when I was in my teens, I'd work in supermarkets stacking shelves, and I mean, John was selling cars, well, leasing out cars to people, and Steve was working in trail finders, and Danny was uh, trying to um, raise, um, do like on, on the phone um, for charities, and so I, I think that just the fact that this is like this is something which is so important to us, but also really fun and. Um, and it's unpredictable and you can have unbelievable days in the odd day, but um, it's just, <laughs> I think to be honest, it's more of a general kind of the whole process of it is, and the whole journey yeah. of it is the highlight. And um, cause it's strange cause with Save the Centuries one, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling and let's have a few beers and celebrate this and then it's on to the next one. And so it's more, yeah. instead of one, like, instead of one finite point, it's more just the whole, the whole process of it actually, which is just, yeah. it, it, it doesn't, I know it sounds silly, but. It, it doesn't feel like work compared to doing jobs which say you're not that emotionally invested in or you're not kind of really yeah. that passionate about. And I think that for us is probably the biggest highlight so far. Exactly. It's it's proper roller coaster shit, but it's it's <laughs> it's a very enjoyable <laughs> enjoyable ride. But uh, thanks so much, uh, Johnny, for coming on and chatting. I've I've really really enjoyed it. I've, I've laughed a lot. And you and the guys have obviously done an amazing job on, on first and foremost, just creating a brilliant, tasty product. Uh, I can definitely verify it from my one can, but I will be getting more uh, and, and, and kind of hiding them outside of greedy hands in my eyes. Uh, but thanks, honestly, a uh, pleasure chatting to you and uh, wishing you all the best with this. Uh, I'm going to keep keep a keen eye on uh, Sainsbury's and Terminal 2 in Dublin next time I'm home too. <laughs> no, fantastic. And uh, I know you're busy and uh, thanks a million for um, inviting me on as well.